everybody. Welcome to Two Minutes and Beyond, the podcast where we review the Toy Story movies two minutes at a time. I'm Macy and this is Bianca. Hello. Hello. Today we have something very exciting. We've got not one, but two guests with us this week. Guests, would you like to introduce yourselves? Yeah. Uh, thanks for having us. Jesse's waving, but this is the audio-only <laughs> podcast. Oh, what a new mistake of me. <laughs> yeah. uh, my name is Jonathan, Jonathan Pauly. Uh, Jesse, my friend here, and I uh, are famous online for making Toy Story in real life. That was back in 2011, 2012. It premiered 2013, and uh, we still get to talk about Toy Story sometimes. So that's, that's why we're here. Um, thanks for having us. Jesse, you want to introduce yeah. yourself differently? <laughs> I'm, I'm Jesse Parada. Uh, yes, the co-producer uh, of JP and Beyond. Um, yes, we made live-action Toy Story. Specifically, was the name of it. Oh, yeah, I forgot to say what it's called. Sorry. Because <laughs> in real life was the Toy Story Three guys. That's what they branded there. Oh yeah, so I'm sorry. I, I did say in real life. <laughs> you yeah. did. Sorry. Um, no, that's great. Oh, that's fine. Um, so yes, I'm fellow Toy Story fanatic over here and. Um, Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. I guess to help introduce us, I should explain what that is for somebody who's has no idea. Although, if you're listening to this podcast, I think you'd be the perfect audience for live-action Toy Story. It's the shot-for-shot shot remake with real toys, real people, real dog, etc. <laughs> yeah, I'll make sure and and put a link to it in the show notes so yeah. that people can check great. it out. Because you guys great. are gonna love it. <laughs> it was, I'm yes. sure. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have probably already seen it. Maybe, but in case you haven't, I'll put a link to it. Uh, so, in this episode, we're talking about minutes 43 and 44 of Toy Story. Are you guys ready to get started? Certainly, let's do it. Born ready. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so these two minutes start off with a mutant toy with metal spider legs and a shaved baby doll head walking out from under the bed. The baby doll head turns to reveal that one of its eyes is missing. Woody gasps and trembles in fear as the mutant toy rises up on its spider legs. Woody turns around to see a toy fishing pole with Barbie doll legs and a jack-in-the-box with a fake green hand attached to the spring. A couple of mutant toys come out from under the bed behind Woody and startle him, including a rolling, jingling toy with a combat Carl head and a Mr. Potato Head arm who turns Woody's flashlight off. Woody freaks out, jumps back onto the bed, and climbs onto Buzz, yelling, Buzz! <laughs> that's minute one. Uh, that's the first uh, 30 or so seconds. Oh, okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Woody's expressions when he like sees all the mutant toys are way scarier than the actual mutant toys themselves. <laughs> Yeah, like if too. you look really closely, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you pause on like when Babyface's head is rising in the in the foreground, and like Woody's like eyes are about to like explode out of his head, and his mouth is so <laughs> distorted and warped, and yeah, like you don't see faces like that. Like in the in the later Toy Story movies, it's I feel like it's just so I don't know. <laughs> it's so out of place. Yeah. It's just that early, that early CGI nightmarish kind of stuff. <laughs> Woody has so many weird expressions in this movie. He does. Yeah, and it's great. It is. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it is. Some of them. I mean, sometimes it's terrifying, but it's great. <laughs> yeah, there's so many meme-worthy faces. Like, <laughs> yeah, Woody's great. 
Well, we should say that the mutants have names, but nobody really knows them unless you yeah. have a book or bought a toy version of it or something. Yeah. So um, most like people Baby say Face. Spider Baby, but his name is Babyface. Although, yeah. interestingly, in the book that I have, um, we call our sacred text, Toy Story, the art making of the animated feature, they refer to him as um, Babyhead, hmm. which That's I've never different. heard that anywhere else. Weird. Yeah, I don't know, like who. Something tells me one person wasn't in charge of like uh, keeping the name consistent. I mean, like <laughs> that. That I might don't know. Be. I'm sure everybody oh, has know, their or, own nicknames. I feel like I right. I feel like within like the studio, I'm sure like different people just kind of called him something different. Like you know, nobody like was everybody really making sure to always say the exact same name. Probably not. So. Hmm. I think we've talked on the on the podcast before about like how about like all the different, some of the different things I was scared of as a kid and like how easily I was scared of thing of things like animatronics and, and things like that. But I was weirdly not scared of the, of any of the mutant toys <laughs> as a child. In fact, I loved baby face. I was like, it's a baby doll with spider legs. That's, I don't know why I just really liked baby face for some reason. <laughs> I think he's one of the coolest designed like characters from any movie. Like I always loved, yeah, Babyface. Um, it's just such a cool design. I don't know, like how's the? Um, I just like his walk animations and yeah. When they um back in like okay, I feel like wasn't there a toy? Okay, besides the toy Babyface that's out now. Wasn't there one that was out even older that I swear was actually metal, not like the one that's plastic? I mean, I mean, did I make that up or was that real? I don't know about metal. The one that we had for our movie was one that was sold in stores and he was plastic. I don't know if there's I know there's a 95 version of him sold somewhere, but I, I mean, don't I think it's metal. That seems. you know, I just I, uh I think the the 95 version I've only seen it like in pictures on eBay but I, I I feel like it's just like a plastic action figure. Yeah. I feel like I we me and my brother like we had that toy but I don't know why I can't like uh I don't know. I I feel like I had that and I just maybe in my mind since I was a kid it was metal but maybe like... you bought it from a flea market <laughs> and it was not real. Uh, right. It was a knockoff and <laughs> and it was dangerous. <laughs> I know there was a remote control one um, from the Disney store around the time Toy Story 3 came out. But I feel like that was probably just plastic. Yeah, that's the one who's in our movie. Oh, cool. He's Mm -hmm. remote control. So he couldn't, the little tiny wheels couldn't really get across Sid's carpet very well. But we could tie him on a string and his legs move on his own if he's supposed to be walking, which is really cool. It's a very cool toy. His head doesn't actually turn. so. That couldn't happen <laughs> in our version oh, yeah. of the movie. He jumps at him like a jumping spider, and it's arguably more terrifying. Go watch our version and see which one's <laughs> scarier. <laughs> I just did watch uh, that part of you guys' version earlier today, and that that was pretty scary. <laughs> yeah, his um, head doesn't turn. <laughs> I remember like seeing that toy in the Disney store and like wanting it, but I was like a teenager with no money, and it was like it was really expensive. It was like a hundred bucks, something like that. Oh yeah. So I, 
got to go to the Disney. Well, I was just having a normal teenage visit to the Disney store. Um, and (laughs) he was on, he was normally like 50 or more dollars, but he was on the clearance rack and I should have bought all of them, but I just (laughs) bought one for my, my own pleasure. And this was before we started making our movie. So once we did, it's like, oh, good thing I bought that because who knows how much it would have cost us now. You know, we talked in our last episode that we recorded about how like Mattel has been making all these, uh, action figures of including like a lot of toys that are like, don't usually don't have a lot of merch usually. And like, and I said, they should make another baby face action figure and I would buy it like right away. (laughs) (laughs) Or just some mutants. Uh, A lot of mutants don't have anything yet. So yeah, that's true. I noticed that like when Woody jumps back onto the bed, he doesn't really climb onto the bed. He just kind of like flails his, all of his limbs and, and jumps and somehow gets up there. It worked. Okay. It's like a salmon going up a waterfall. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it comes across well enough in the movie. It's just funny. Yeah. He does a lot of flailing. Mm hmm. I think that's my favorite aspect of the first movie is that he is like the ultimate floppy ragdoll toy. So they just like ran with that mm-hmm. and they made him as flaily as possible. Well, we talked before about how they based his movements off of um, Ray Bolger, who played the Scarecrow in The Wizard of Oz. Oh, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> yeah. Wow, you actually surprised me with that fact. I, I feel like. It's really hard to surprise me with a Toy Story fact. <laughs> you know, our our sacred text, Toy Story, the art and making of the animated feature, I've learned like a ton of stuff that I had that I had no idea. Yeah. Yep. I have it's it. A, I've read it. It's good. It is good. <laughs> but what are you climbing? Sorry, were you gonna say something? Oh, I was gonna get as long as we're throwing facts out there for people. Um, I think I recall the uh, the commentary for this part of the movie. John Lasseter saying he had taken copies of the movie or you know storyboard versions home and shown it to his kids to see like is this too scary? And if they hide their face completely, too scary. He wants them to keep watching. So if they're watching through their fingers, <laughs> it's perfect. And this one made it. So that makes nice. sense to me. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, what are you just like climbing onto Buzz and Fear? Is hilarious. Yeah. And they some kinda... really good voice acting right there. Mm-hmm. Can you get that? I mean... Can you do it, Macy Bianca? Can you do the? If I'm scared yeah. enough, maybe. Uh, but also, I kind of just shut down when I'm scared. So uh, <laughs> probably not. The opposite reaction. I have the opposite yeah. reaction. Tom Hanks is great at that kind of thing. That just like vocalizing <laughs> these random like scared noises. Mm-hmm. He's so good. There's um, a, as long as we're talking about that a little bit for a second, they, there's um, the story read along. If you it used to be tapes and then it was CDs and now you could listen on Spotify or whatever, but it's where you get the little books and you read along with the story and they use sound bites from the movie. For some reason, they didn't get this one because uh-huh. in the thing, like my son likes to listen to it still. And I remember as a kid being like, that's not the sound that he said. It's more like, so you can read along. It's a little bit slower. That's not how he sounded in the movie. That's not as good. I, I I do like how um, later in 
what's it called? Toys for the Time Forgot. They kind of, when Buzz and Woody are in like the arena fighting the battle swords, they kind of bring back the whole like Woody climbing on top of Buzz, Mm -hmm. like Uh hiding behind him for protection. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, it's, is the first time in the movie that you see Woody going to Buzz for help, right? Like, Mm -hmm. so he's, he's getting to that turning point. He's getting desperate right now. (laughs) Right. Like, like, yeah, he just, uh. Yeah, it's like he wants to believe in Buzz's delusions at this moment to like save him. Like. <laughs> yeah, it's like this whole this whole movie, he's just been he's just been making fun of Buzz, like trying to convince him that he's that he's not a real space ranger, but then suddenly when he feels like he's in danger, he's like he's just hiding behind him, like letting try letting Buzz take the lead, like totally buying into like you know, Buzz yeah. as he's taking charge as Buzz is taking charge of the situation. And like we're not at that scene yet, but like he actually sh- shields his eyes when Buzz tells him <laughs> to do like, It's just funny. Like <laughs> that's next. We'll talk about that next. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh so on to the next section. At 31 seconds, Buzz and Woody watch in horror as the mutant toys pick up the broken body parts of the doll and the pterodactyl. Buzz says they're cannibals, and Woody gasps and runs back into the, into Sid's bag. Buzz follows him into the bag, presses the skinny red button on his suit, and says, Mayday, Mayday, come in, Star Command, send reinforcements. Star Command, do you copy? When they don't answer, he puts his hand on his laser and points it outside the bag, saying, I've set my laser from stun to kill. Woody responds, great, great, yeah, and if anyone attacks us, we can blink them to death. <laughs> Star Wars reference number, what is this now? <laughs> 10 <laughs> oh is that a star wars reference they set their phasers to stun so that they can that's right not kill leia at the very beginning phasers not lasers but still <laughs> i feel like a bad star wars fan now for never catching that before <laughs> <laughs> well there's lots more opportunities for star wars references coming up throughout the whole movie yeah there's we've talked about clip. oh uh, yeah i mean we've talked about a few of them like um Zerg creating a weapon with the potential to destroy an entire planet mm-hmm. as that an was obvious a little on Death the nose, Star. But still, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I think earlier in one of Buzz's first scenes, we noticed that when Buzz was talking to Star Command, instead of using his wrist communicator, he's like pushing the red button on his suit, which I thought was weird. And he does it again in this scene, and I'm like, I didn't. I, I thought his wrist communicator was how he communicated with Star Command. Yeah, inconsistencies. Yeah. <laughs> They're doing some Avengers stuff where they just touch their ear and they can talk to anybody that they want. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I noticed, too, on Sid's backpack, you can see someone has written, I can't make out the first name, but it's someone McBarfala has cooties. <laughs> uh, I believe it's Julie. <laughs> oh, Okay. We had to, you forget, or maybe you, I'm sure you don't forget. We had to, and you know, zoom in and make sure we get everything is, that we could. So somewhere out there, there's a backpack guy wrote Julie McBarfield has cooties <laughs> on it. And it's, I'm pretty yeah. sure my brother used it at school for a little while. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, all I could make out of the first name was the letter E. Yeah. It's like Julie or June, but it's probably Julie. I'm looking Julie, at it. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's Julie McBarfield. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that's a reference to somebody in real life. I'm sure. You mean somebody at Pixar? Yeah. Or like somebody's 
family member or something. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's also a little drawing of like a hairy monster holding a comb. <laughs> there's so many fun stuff in Sid's room. <laughs> well, Sid's room's mostly garbage. I'm sure you, mm-hmm. this isn't the first clip that you've talked about Sid's room yet, but uh, yeah, his room's mostly garbage. When we were uh, making our movie, it was like a month of me just collecting garbage. Like, oh, <laughs> well, I guess I'll keep this and just throw it in that room. <laughs> Did you yeah. guys try to like replicate any of the garbage in the room? Like, did you make any like the grape soda cans and that kind of thing? Oh yeah, I went and bought grape soda and drank a 12 pack of grape soda (laughs) well i didn't go as far as to you know design a can and then crush it but there's grape soda cans that are purple out there so we you know for most of the scenes and props and things it was like okay i think that's a marker or whatever so we just throw in something that looks close (laughs) and whatever works Mm -hmm. yeah well yeah and the pizza planet cups yeah those were Mm -hmm. designed right He's he is a frequent uh visitor of Pizza Planet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Woody's gasps when he jumps back into the bag. Speaking of Tom Hanks, great acting. It's hilarious. Yeah. His um <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> Let me think if there's anything that I learned in making oh we we almost skipped straight past it because we're talking about Woody running up on the bed. I forgot about the major blooper. Jesse, do you know? Can you think of what it is just without watching it right now? Uh, without watching it, I would. I feel like does it have something to do with um major blooper? It's nothing to do with the flashlight, is it? No. Okay. The uh, doll. The dress changes colors. Oh, that's this is where oh, it happens. This oh, is where yeah. it happens. So there's two shots. They're not back to back. Obviously, that'd be weird. But there's one shot, and then it cuts to Buzz and Woody watching them as they're grabbing the doll, and all the mutants are kind of fighting over the head and the body. And first, the dress is blue, as it was when we watched Sid work on it. And then for one shot, for some reason, it's pink. And I that's like oh, one yeah, of the, yeah, one of the actual errors of this movie. Um, I mean, it's a flawless movie as far as I'm concerned, but uh, I don't know. Maybe they had That's... an Amish ideal thing. They they can't actually make it perfect. Only God can make perfection. And we have to mess up somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. So might as well that... just do it here. I don't That's know. funny. I never noticed that. I never noticed the dress either. And that's because I've watched this movie like 10 million times. Oh, yeah. No, yeah, me too. And we were watching it and still not catching it until we went to remake it. And I was like, wait, this is. Do, do we need to get a new dress now? <laughs> <'Cause this is laughs> yeah. Like it, when it's an animated thing, you, I'm sure one person handled one scene, another person handled another one. Mm-hmm. But when we are collecting props, it's like, wait a second. Like it was actually be harder <laughs> to make a mistake than it would be to, to not right now. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I wonder if was one of Hannah's dolls like later in the tea party scene. Was it just like the same doll with a pink dress instead? Did yeah, they like accidentally maybe. use the wrong model or something in one shot? Probably. Yes. One of those dolls has a pink dress. Yeah. So maybe mm. that's that's a good hypothesis. Could yeah. be. Still, um, it's forgiving because how many times have we watched this and not noticed? <laughs> so it's such a hundred shot that but not too noticeable. Yeah. It's forgiven. Yeah. <laughs> 
every time I hear the line, I've set my laser from stun to kill, it reminds me of one time, um, I think it was probably the summer Toy Story 3 came out on, um, my family was getting together, getting together for the 4th of July, and I don't know why, but for some reason, I brought one of my Buzz action figures. Why not? <laughs> I, I mean... Of course. I mean, why wouldn't you bring why wouldn't you bring that to a family get together? <laughs> my my cousins who were like five and three at the time, just like when they saw him, they would keep repeating the line, I've set my laser from stun to kill. <laughs> and so now whenever I hear that, I just think of my uh these little like five and three year old girls repeating that line over and over again. <laughs> I think they had just watched the movie recently. Mm-hmm. And For some I reason, guess... the most violent line is the one they remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That, was, <laughs> that one stuck with them. <laughs> I think it's funny how, like, the whole time Woody has been, like, making fun, making fun of Buzz and not taking Buzz seriously. And then now, like, now that he that they're in danger, he wants Buzz to protect him. And then, but the second that Buzz, like, starts like, trying to use his laser again, he's like, oh, yeah, you're, never mind, you're an idiot. <laughs> Well, he does the same thing in the next clip that we'll talk about with shielding Mm -hmm. his eyes, but then a second later, he's going to use the karate chop action. Like, Mm -hmm. it's it's in the brief moment of panic, he's like, Buzz, help! Oh, wait, I got this. You're just, you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. (laughs) At one minute and one second, we cut to a shot of the exterior of Andy's house, where Rex is shining a flashlight out the window and looking for Buzz. There's some rustling in the bushes, and Rex says, Hey, you guys, I think I found him. Buzz, is that you? There's a sound of a cat meowing, and Rex yells, Whiskers, will you get out of here? You're interfering with the search and rescue. Mom's van pulls into the driveway, and Rex gasps, moving the flashlight so the light won't be seen, and whispers, Look, they're home. They hear Andy get out of the car and ask his mom if she's seen Woody. He says he left Woody right there in the van, but now he's gone. Bo gasps and says, Woody's gone? Him says the weasel ran away and Mr. Potato Head takes it as evidence that he's guilty. Rex says, who would have thought he was capable of such atrocities? Bo and Slinky look at each other sadly and Bo says, oh, Slink, I hope he's okay. And scene. <laughs> um, let's see. It's, well, one thing I could pull out of that bit is some really good setup for later payoff of see where'd you find him right where i left him like see what i tell you so like it's it's a sad thing and i'm sure every kid's experienced that at some point like what where's my whoever it is woody for me where'd they go and it's like oh just you're not looking hard enough like that's that the whole conversation is a thing that parents and kids have had for many years will continue to have but (laughs) yeah the way that they bring it back at the end is really sweet and so yeah, and mom throughout this whole movie has some great little momisms like mm-hmm. that. Like, well, you're just not looking hard enough. <laughs> <laughs> I remember uh um when we were kids, my brother and I, we like we just for fun, we like were writing down every single Toy Story character. And I just remember like we even thought of putting whiskers in there, the cat. Like <laughs> we were just like just like, oh, that counts, like every single character we could think of. And I don't know, I still think about that every time that scene plays. It's just West how like, just how obsessed we were about like yeah, naming every character like 
I still think about that. And I don't know. For some reason, I feel like the first time I watched it, like in my mind, I think I, I thought that like, like the toys could talk to To the animals. Like, yeah, for some reason I thought of whiskers as like, Oh, like whiskers. Like in my mind, I thought that whiskers knew the toy story gang. Like, and you know friends and whatever yeah like they're friends it's like whiskers stop and i just remember as a kid being like oh like the cat can like you know he's he can talk to the toys the or cat something. talks to well i just toys i just do I, talk to animals later we can, see buster later yeah like they yeah, have relationships yeah. the way people do they're uh-huh. just in on the secret that toys come alive that's all i just remember <laughs> way overthinking it for some reason as a yeah. kid and like like oh whiskers like who's that what's his story how does he know the toys i don't know you know there's <laughs> there's some weird random uh, kids books just based on toy story in different ways and one of them has whiskers in it it's like oh this andy's oh. cat and he's just hanging out in the bathroom and like swipes buzz with his tail and knocks him into the toilet and stuff like this is a kid's book based on toy story is whiskers, it? whiskers <laughs> makes an appearance so it's like you know one of the writers of a kid's book pulled that out too and it's like oh you know what i'm gonna make this andy's cat <laughs> <laughs> that's funny who knows if that's actually canon or whatever, but yeah. still. <laughs> is that in one of the like the comic books or is it just it's some in, random? I don't know story if it's book. one of those five minute Pixar book bedtime oh, okay. story things or I think that's what it was, but an older one. Okay. I I have one of those books, but I don't remember that story. That's funny. I want to say it's a white cover. But how it's one of those that I've read with my son a few times. <laughs> mm-hmm. How does no one in the neighborhood like notice the bright light shining down from Andy's room and like Rex yelling? Hmm. Uh, they might notice, but that's just that weird neighbor that always <laughs> shines a flashlight around. The real question is how how does Andy's mom not notice as she's driving back? Yeah, right. exactly. Well, we talked in um in the scene like when Andy's friends are arriving for the birthday party and uh like the toys are like messing with the with the blinds like opening and closing them like how does how did none of the kids coming into the house mm. see what's happening well they could those are one of those things you could see it and just not care or not notice like <laughs> yeah some there's whiskers again banging against the window you know? right <laughs> there's i think the funny thing like the first th- i mean all three toy stories um they're pretty good at like if it's weird like that, it's at least a little bit believable. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, there's four, right? <laughs> oh, I did say all three of them. <laughs> yeah, well, I know but, we want to believe there's only three. Well, the I reason mean, I say that is because four, they were not careful at all. They're like running, they're sprinting across football well, fields and not trying to be seen. We, we've right. talked about several times the scene where Buzz is in like the Star Adventure game with Ducky and Bunny, and they're like in full view. Oh, yeah. Of everyone at the carnival. It's just that, you know, they focus the camera just on the toys. Mm-hmm. So you don't think about that. Well, Toy Story 2, the Owl's Toy Barn is closed. So there you go. We can run around freely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That carnival wasn't closed. I don't know what they were doing there. <laughs> <laughs> We've talked several times um, about Bo in this movie and specifically wondering, like, what's going through her head as, like, all of this is happening? like. You know, her boyfriend is being accused of murder and mm-hmm. it kind of comes up again with, you know, when she when she says, oh, Slink, I hope he's OK. Like, does she believe he's innocent or does she not know what's she not sure what's going on? 
Like what what is she, what is she thinking in this moment? Yeah. Well, Bo and Slink are really the only toys at this point who still care about Woody as a little bit. Like they were at the beginning of the movie his closest friends. Mm-hmm. And so it's just I think a moment to show like they want to believe that he's not a murderer or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and um and they're I mean, you can hope that someone's okay and still be worried that they're not a good person. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Slinky just looks so sad. Yeah. In that part, I'm just like, oh, Slinky. <laughs> <laughs> I felt bad for him. Rex using the word atrocities is really funny for some reason. <laughs> Rex is the funniest character, I'll say. Like, uh, I watched the the whole movie in theaters the other year ago because there was no new movies out. And so they thought, let's play <laughs> things people like. And like just sitting through it to enjoy it in a theater again, I remembered like, you know, Rex is the funniest. Like he's just is. <laughs> again, we've, we've talked before about how apparently there's no light pollution in this town because <laughs> you can see there's a ton of stars in the sky. And you see it again here in this scene as it's transitioning from Andy's house to Sid's house and from nighttime to daytime. Yeah. There's just, there's a ton of stars in the sky. It's very pretty. (laughs) (laughs) That's, that's just movie magic. That's just because it's a Disney movie. That's like when the moon in a movie is always like three times the size of moons in real life, just because it's just going to make it look pretty. Like I'm, ah, I can go on about, about the moon uh, being too big yes (laughs) have you jesse did you see the trailer of this movie about the moon being too big no it's like crashing to earth and it's a big deal that the moon's (laughs) coming to earth and i thought about you the whole time wow the only time a movie where it makes sense that the moon is way bigger than it should be (laughs) Uh, the moon is proportional in toy story so that's shouldn't be a problem for you yeah no, Toy Story got it right. I hate it more in live action movies where like somehow they still show the moon. I mean, all right, I guess it doesn't happen as often in live action, but if it that's where it'd be really, really dumb if it, What, like E. T. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> it's just the it's just the lens that they're using. Yeah. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. It's for visual effect. Uh uh moving on. At one minute forty eight seconds. The camera pans over from Andy's house to Sid's house, and the scene changes from nighttime to the next morning. We see Sid saying, oh, a survivor. Where's the rebel base? Talk! He throws Woody onto the ground and walks over to the window saying, I can see your will is strong. And the two-minute clip ends there. Oh, we don't get the whole interrogation yet. But there's Star Wars (laughs) reference number two in the next two minutes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. The rebel um, base. Like, why does Sid? Well, I guess because he's a punk kid, but he decides he wants to be the Imperials that are interrogating, not the good guys. He doesn't want to be a Jedi. He wants to be the guys that <laughs> interrogate the rebels. Yeah. <laughs> we in in the scene where um, he does his surgery on Jamie and the pterodactyl. We talked about how he he must have seen he must have seen like a a bunch of medical dramas or things like that. No. He he must have also yes. been watching like a lot of Star Wars and a lot of like just generally like war movies that kind of thing. Yeah, Star Wars and ER. That's what Sid likes to watch. <laughs> <laughs> well, so in our movie, um, some of the f- fun challenges was having 
child actors who aren't even actors to play the parts. Mm-hmm. And I remember distinctly, like I'm never going to watch, obviously never going to watch Toy Story the same, but this scene's always, always going to make me think of our kid, our actor, Victor, um, saying, what did he have to say? Just what's the line? It's, um, no one's mean- ever attempted a double bypass brain transplant before. <laughs> That's oh, yeah. way too long for a 10 or 11 year old kid to say. And he was, he was nine, I think. So like <laughs> that was not something a nine-year-old says. <laughs> right. <laughs> Unless they've been watching a lot of, uh, right. a lot of uh, medical movies, dramas. Right. I guess like so. <laughs> I guess so. But it is, it is a lot of big words. That's all. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think this is also the first time we see Sid's mega dork poster, <laughs> which is of course mega a parody dork? of yeah, which is of course mm. a parody of of Megadeth. Which yeah, Bianca... I could talk for a second. Oh, sorry, go ahead. You have a Megadeth story, Bianca. <laughs> well, you're she's she's the the metalhead between the two of us. I am the metalhead between the two of us, and. <laughs> I don't really have too terribly much to say about Megadeth because I'm more of a Metallica fan. You know how they have like the whole like wars between the big four. Mm -hmm. Um, I just never really got too into Megadeth. But I mean, you can safely call Dave Mustaine a Megadork, I guess. So Mm -hmm. that's all I got to (laughs) say. Yeah, I'll talk a bit a second about how the shape of Sid's room is super weird. Um, because when we were filming, we didn't figure out what shape it is until it's not a normal, you know, square Definitely rectangle not. room because there's <laughs> yeah. a lot of corners, but they're in and out and around. So like this by the window, it was confusing the heck out of me when we were making this, like we have to have a wall here, but where is this wall? Um, eventually like when we were cleaning up the room and wrapping filming in there is when I drew a picture as I think it's two squares that are stuck together kind of like this. Um, (laughs) And like, it's just really strange. And he's, his room is at the top of the house. So the ceiling too is, is um, at an angle, like the top of a, like an attic room would be. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We, I think we talked about in our last episode that we recorded that Sid's room just looks like an attic that they just, like let him put all of his stuff in when they moved in. They're like, Oh, you can have the attic. <laughs> he probably picked it really. Yeah. Although the weird thing is you see the hallway and you see which room his is when you go into mm-hmm. it. It's That's true. Not like he goes up the ladder into the attic, but uh, I guess the whole, Sid's whole house really is strangely shaped. Yeah. Well, we learned it's- from toy story, the art making of the animated film that, the design of it was based off of Pete Doctor's attic, which was being renovated at the time. And the guy who modeled it, I, I think it was Eben Otsby, said that it was like easily one of the like weirdest designs, one of the weirdest things that he had to model in the whole film. Cause just like the way the roof is cut, and just mm-hmm. it was very strange. And I it just makes me think, I want to know what uh what Pete Doctor's attic looked like. <laughs> <laughs> um i have speaking of our sacred text toy story the art and making of the animated feature i have some uh fun quotes about the the mutant toys from that book if you guys want to want to hear about that 
Yeah, oh, give yeah. me one about Ducky. Ducky's my favorite. I don't think I have any oh, about Ducky, okay. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they they mentioned him in, in the book, at least not that I saw. But on um, page 81, there's a quote from Ralph Eggleston that says, The mutants are never inherently scary just to look at. After all, they're supposed to turn out to be helpful. They're simply supposed to look like toys ripped apart by a bratty, bullying kid. And then, again, on page 81, it says, Through pages upon pages of early concept designs by artists Bud Lucky and Bob Polly, as well as by Joe Rampt and Jeff Pigeon, the Frankenstein feeling Lasseter was seeking eluded him. They were so darn cute, laughs the director. They were too appealing. I kept saying, Bob, they're called mutant toys. Make me some toys that'll scare me. Bob Cohn, fresh from Tim Burton's Nightmare Before Christmas, came on board and, along with Ralph Eggleston, helped change the direction with some with some bizarre suggestions. Ralph's is the really sick stuff, Lasseter declares, and these preliminary ideas soon got everyone turned to the same twisted wavelength. And then later on... Um, it says, the beauty of the mutant characters is how well they serve story points, as well as boasting sheer graphic impact. The story staff had designed each mutant toy with some crucial task in mind that only that toy could perform in the Gulag Escape finale. Mm-hmm. Roller Bob, a soldier doll's upper half screwed to a skateboard, thus became a jet pilot complete with sun visor and crash helmet, says Lassiter, and flies the escapees down the stairs and out into the backyard. Legs uses her shapely high-heeled gams to steady the fishing rod that rescues Frog, whose roadster-style wheels make him fast enough to lure away Scud, and so on. Um, And it goes on to say that the mutants were some of the last characters to be modeled and animated. We had better software tools by the end of production than we had at the start when we built our main characters, says Eben Otsby. That's how fast the technology is changing. In many cases, Eggleston and company raided the modeler's inventory of existing body parts to help speed along the production schedule. Among the familiar components in the mutant lineup, wrestler Rocky Gibraltar's torso is part of the bug driver mutant. The skateboard from Andy's room that Buzz uses in repairing his ship is the mobile base for Roller Bob. The corpse-like hand of the -the jack-in-the-box is Woody's own, blown up bigger and bedecked with longer fingers. Fingernails, stitches, warts, and ugly green paint. But Eggleston is proudest of what the modelers did with the head of Molly, Andy's little sister. She's reborn as baby head. The technical staff just squished her head's X and Y coordinates, took an eye out, took the hair off, and put little holes in the head, sewed up the mouth, made the skin plastic, stuck it on an erector set, and there you go. Well, that was one of the most horrifying sentences I've ever heard. Well, we we do know that at Pixar, well, pretty much any computer animated place, they got to reuse as much as they can. So mm-hmm. it makes a lot of sense. That's why all of Andy's friends look just like him. And, yeah. yeah, and all yeah. the kids at Pizza Planet. Uh huh. Well, every kid in yeah the world, I think, <laughs> looks like him. Um, but wow, and if that's, they, that's neat. Yeah, all the all the boys look like Andy, and the few girls that there are look like Sid's sister Hannah. Mm-hmm. Does anyone else have anything that they would like to say about this clip that we haven't touched on yet? Well, we could talk a little bit about the mutants. I don't want to go too long, but uh, for our movie, we had to make them. Um, So I made a couple and Jesse's brother made a couple. Same brother who is writing lists of every character. (laughs) (laughs) Um, 
And so if I'm thinking about it, like I made them to be functional. They might not have been as pretty as Michael's. Um, but when he made his, so he made like frog, or what's his name? His name's frog, the frog. Um, I think he's just frog. The frog that that gets winded and like ducky. Um, but, and they looked perfect, but they kind of broke when we were making the movie. So I had to keep gluing things back together. So like mine were a little more rough looking, but they were, um, they survived a little longer. Um, and the, the only one that was sold in any store was Babyface. Like, how come? I mean, mm-hmm. I guess because he's the leader. He's the coolest. Yeah, he's the one that everyone, like, thinks of. Sure, yeah. Yeah. And just that they all have, have real names. Some of them you hear when Woody's uh, telling his plan. Roller Bob and I don't move to a single legs here, <laughs> Ducky here. But, like, for some reason, they think people think that Legs' name is Hooker or... Something like that. Uh, that, That's not her name. (laughs) And Spider Baby. Yeah. One of the weirdest pieces of Toy Story merchandise I've ever seen was a wallet from Hot Topic that had a picture of the car with legs. Yes. And that just says, what, in all caps, with like three question marks. It was very strange. I mm-hmm. saw it on Hot Topic's website one time, and I've, I was like, I've what? I've seen that. In the Not world? in real life. I've also seen that when searching for a new wallet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Pump Boy. I was like, His name is Pump Boy. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just pulled it up. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, of, of all the Toy Story characters to put on a wallet, that's, that just seemed like a very strange choice. Yeah. That's one that you could just show somebody and be like, what movie is this from? And people would be like, ah, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so before we finish out, we're going to ask you guys a couple of questions. I think Jonathan is going to go first. And then in the next episode, Jesse will answer the same questions. But yeah, um, <laughs> we want people to come back to the next episode. So they got to anticipate something. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, Jonathan, what is your history with Toy Story, and which one out of the four would you say is your favorite? I was almost three years old when Toy Story came out, and I don't remember that because I was only two. But um, my parents had told me we went to the theaters and watched it more than a couple times. And I do remember buying the VHS and watching that when I was, you know, three and a half or so. and I loved it since then. I thought I wanted to be a cowboy when I grew up. And then I thought, no, maybe an astronaut. <laughs> and then I realized, no, somebody made this, this movie. And that's what I want to do. I want to make movies. So Toy Story is the thing. Like, I'm sure most of the filmmakers um, who made Toy Story obviously were inspired by Star Wars and things like that. Toy Story was the movie that kind of set me on a path to make movies. And... um Obviously, we took that kind of literally and remade Toy Story ourselves. So that was sort of an experiment in movie making ourselves and um, just to see how it would turn out if we could do it and to hopefully get better at our craft. And it turns out a few million people liked it. So, uh, (laughs) so yeah, uh, that's the shortest version of it. I played with those toys all the time. I 
what treated them the way Andy does. And then like, I remember watching Toy Story 2 for the first time in theaters. I remember um, I went to Pixar just by chance. They were, they had like a special screening of Toy Story 3 a week before it came out. And um, so it's like, I got to see that somehow. So we went, uh, I went with my dad and we watched that as well at Pixar. And this was all before we made our version. So um, it was a very special movie to me. Uh, One is by far my favorite. I mean, I wouldn't say by far because two is super duper close. They're both 100% in my mind. I think Rotten Tomatoes got it right. Um, (laughs) But one, of course, is, is extra special to me because I've had to remake every shot of it <laughs> so um but i could never watch it again the same way uh as before we made ours because now i'm going to think about the memories attached to each day of shooting and um yeah it's very special to me so i'm i'm glad to be able to talk about it with you guys well that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah thanks <laughs> tune in next time to hear me try to say something as close Aww. to the <laughs> emotional impact of that. Uh, well, um, I guess, is there anything that you guys would like to plug before we sign off? I suppose you could watch our other stuff. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so since Live Action Toy Story came out, um, we've spent a lot of time working on videos for YouTube, both YouTube style, uh, such as a talk show and, um, our short films we've made a lot of short films since then and even during and before then. Um, but, um, yeah, we just like working on m- movies. And so Toy Story was a nice big step forward. And, um, so check out some of the other ones where we actually wrote a script instead of copying something. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, everyone, go check out. Uh, go check that out. They have some really great stuff. Thank you. That's very kind of you. Yeah, um, sp- I especially happy with the last year. Um, we did two short films that I was very happy with, and had some help from some really professional friends. So, um, if you're if you're watching Toy Story because you love animation or filmmaking in some way, um, I'd say just do it yourself. You don't have to make Toy Story, but make something creative and take what you like about Toy Story and put it in there. Um, and so we strive to do take this. It can be funny. It doesn't have to be childish, but it can be something kids enjoy. And um, yeah, just make something good. That's that's uh, what Toy Story taught me. That sounds like a great way to end this oh, episode. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I uh, meet your standards. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you guys again for, for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks. I guess if we're, if we're done, then I'll just say thanks for listening, everyone. Be sure to follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts and send us an email if you have any thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns. And if you enjoy the podcast, please leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Yeah. See you next time. Hey, send them an email if you ever noticed that the dress changed colors before today. <laughs> when you heard it. Yes, do that. Bye. 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 <laughs>